Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a columnist. I don't believe what I just saw! You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. So what about that? Well, you know, they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcast. What about a talk show host? This is In the Booth. Talk show host, that's good. <laughs> I think I'd be good at that. I talk to people all the time. With Matt Park. Heck breaking loose already on a game day. First game day in a while and we're all out of sorts. The best part is, is now if something like this happens, we can't hide it because it's on Facebook Live. Well, it was between shows. Is there? <laughs> Stop. Any of you that are watching this show on Facebook Live, first of all, we feel for you to begin with. But second, don't rat us out either. The, the What happens between shows stays between shows is the way I look at it. Welcome in the booth here on ESPN Radio up until uh, 3 o'clock this afternoon, heading into a 7 o'clock Orange basketball game tonight against Boston College. I'm Matt Park. Good to have you with us. Also pleased to be joined by John Mita Perel, our counterpart at Boston College. And John's going to sit in for the whole show, so that means we really have to work here for things to talk about, John. I thought maybe we'd just have a quick little segment to talk the game, but uh, good to Are have you, you kidding man. kidding me? I would, ne- I would never just say, hey, I'm going to call you, Matt, for 10 minutes, and let's <laughs> right, just talk right. BC Syracuse. Right. I want the full hour Experience well. A special hello to any uh, BC Eagle fans or John Mita Perel fans that may be listening. Um, I know John, your season for many years in major market uh, talk radio. Uh, that was my little tribute to the great Mike Francesa bringing in a uh, sugary beverage into the studio uh, today. That that really didn't go well. No, it did not. And it, but, uh, it was that's amazing. actually the best work Polly's ever done on the show. It was amazing the ease you just spilled it too. <laughs> right. It was, it was, it was uh, the, the, the sleight of hand it Polly was, uh, that uh, showed. <laughs> a laptop knock is what we had going on there. It was you know this little one, ice one thing over I, here that one we, thing we don't I need learned, this remnant. I'm gonna, I'll take care of that. One thing I learned when I was first uh, in sports talk radio is never carry a beverage. I know, and I never around do. I never do. an open microphone. Polly would know because I'm always closing off his. Right? Do I not do that? Like yes. the game, if you want like if to Polly, drink, if Polly leaves the cap off of his beverage at a game, I put the cap back on. I put the cup inside the uh, duct tape. That's my little trick. Oh, the duct tape. It's not going to tip. Of course, Polly doesn't bring duct tape to games anymore, <laughs> but um, it's not going to tip over. No, it, if if in there. So uh, what I do? I used to get ridiculed in in Boston for drinking drinking out of a sippy cup. You know, oh, it looked boy. like it was for my four year old. That is. Childish. So I'd bring in, you know, well, it was a morning show, so I'd bring in morning-like drinks. Orange juice? Well, screwdrivers? <laughs> no, no, no screwdrivers, but I'd bring in some, you know, some nutritional shakes or uh-huh. some something like that. Or then there was vitamin water when they weren't a sponsor and a sales guy came in and said, what are you doing drinking that? I'm like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? I can't drink this? So, but you got to learn, Matt, you know, you'll get yeah. it. You'll get it. Rookie mistake on, on my part, but uh, Polly scrambled. So we can settle in. We can have a show now. We good? Yeah. Pretty much get rid of the evidence here. and we're It's nice to watch you make the mistake for once. And Jeez. Paulie was like Steve Ishmael over there. <laughs> he was. Quick Running hands. a 40. <laughs> Scrambling and diving for the loose ball. <laughs> Quick hands to uh, to make something happen. If you'd like to uh, join the conversation today, you can at 437-7644-ESPN44. Of course, we're going to talk the uh, game tonight, the Orange and Boston College, first of two to be played between the teams uh, this year. And a pivotal one is Max laid out, important for both to get back into the win column in uh, ACC action. 
And uh, really in this middle of the pack in the, the conference, you don't want to miss opportunities at home. That would be one of the central themes for the game tonight. It's such a difficult lead. This just ended one on the road. BC's riding a 21-game conference road losing streak. Not what you're looking for. March 2015, you remember it well, at Virginia Tech. And it was a situation where, you know, I'm thinking when they won that game, I'm like, boy, this is nice, a road victory. I didn't know it would be 21 games later. But to Jim Christian's credit, he's rebuilt this program. They're so much better. Mm-hmm. They're so much uh, just all over the floor. They're, they play better defense. They rebound better. They don't turn the ball over as much. So they're getting there. But to come into the carry home, even with a Syracuse team that by all accounts is down this year, uh, maybe the record's deceiving, but I don't think you can tell Jim Christian that. He knows it's going to be a dicey game. Well, BC has three conference wins this year. If they get another, it's double what they had last year. The year before that, there were zero conference wins. And the two years before that, Don't four Don't remind apiece. me. No, I, I know you're well aware. In fact, that was a year, while we are reminding you, uh, no conference wins in yeah. football and Thank basketball, you. which Thank you. has to be that's a topic for another time, but we have plenty of time here today. I choose not to remember that. That's right. I can imagine that being a... Uh, a long and, and painful road. But so, things are on the upswing, Matt. Good. And we're looking forward to uh, delving in on that great guard matchup tonight with uh, Frank Howard and Tyus Battle against uh, Jerome Robinson and uh, Kai Bowman. And uh, the kind of the third man in should be interesting. Jordan Chapman of, of BC is a guy that uh, Coach Beheim has a great deal of uh, respect for. And for Syracuse, O'Shea Brissett will be a matchup. Uh, problem, et cetera, for oh yeah, that's uh, BC. that's the one when you when you do your pregame research. I look at O'Shea Brissett and say, okay, how's BC going to match up with him? Mm-hmm. Although Stephon Mitchell has done a really nice job this year, two very good freshman candidates for All Freshman Team. Uh, Brissett's rebounding numbers are staggering, though, sure. and Mitchell's well, close behind him, but Brissett looks like the real deal. The Illinois State transfer would have helped uh, BC Huge loss. and, and uh, out for the year. Teddy after Hawkins playing uh, eight games and. Uh, gone with a knee injury back in uh, late November. So again, four three seven seven six four 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 ESPN forty four. If you'd like to chime in, we'll get into the game today as well as the uh, baseball Hall of Fame. We're not going to start any Super Bowl hype. We'll get into. Oh, that's right. Are you from? Oh, you're from Boston. <laughs> We're not so, going to start. That? Ithaca College's own, I should say. We'll get into that. Is it? Do you know the Patriots are sending people there today? <laughs> like the, the advanced team for the New England right. Patriots goes. I don't know. Almost two weeks before. Sure. And you think they would know their way around? Mm-hmm. In terms of the, well, the Minneapolis is a little unfamiliar. True, you got to find the uh, skywalks and how it goes. Let's head to the phones and uh, Jake joining us from Syracuse. Hello, Jake. Jake, ready to Howdy, Matt. chime you? in early? I'm good. How are you? Hey, uh, what do you think? I mean, I catchphrase it. That's our local uh, yes and accounts. You know, it's, well, it's catching on, man. What do you think? You always say that. Uh, I do. I do say that once in a while. Some, Absolutely. Something along, along um, those I lines. I want to talk about Ty. Yep. Losing to there, Jake. The going under a bridge. No, uh, if this team doesn't make the NCAA tournament this year, do you think Tyus Battle comes back with all the recruits that we have coming in? You know, that's kind of a non sequitur, too, because what does one have to do with the next? You know, in terms of uh, the tournament, it means he didn't, if you didn't make the tournament, you didn't play on a very successful team. And yes, the tournament's a little bit more exposure, but I refuse to believe what. Some would have you believe that like NBA scouts only all of a sudden notice the guy who had a good tournament. Trust me, there's scouts at every game. They know who you are, and there's an entire evaluation process that happens outside of Yeah, Trey March Young Madness. was not a first-rounder <laughs> entering this season. Right. Now he's a lottery pick. Right. And 
you know, not there's all kinds of ways that uh, that scouts get to know who's out there, and that Tyus Battle decision um, we can get to. You know, to me, he doesn't have to make it now, and I, I know that probably makes me the anti like sports talk host. Do it now. Why, why, why are we determining now whether he's going to go or not, or if this, if that? Let, let's see how it, uh, how it shakes out. You know, the, the people have fresh in their mind the Malachi Richardson creation. You know, he, uh, well, he led Syracuse to the Final Four. Too bad he took Syracuse to the Final Four last year and went to the NBA. We could have been good this year, right? That happened a lot, right? So That's the old fallback. Well, I just saw yeah. Jeremy Grant playing yeah. for Oklahoma City. Did you think he was going to be an NBA player? Yes. You thought he was going to be a good NBA player? Uh, no, I mean you don't, not necessarily. You don't, who knows? Right? Exactly, like that type of player yeah. will emerge in the post evaluation period after the season. They all get evaluated. Sure. If you want to submit, some guys go in, some guys go out. PC has two guys now that are thinking about it: yeah. Jerome Robinson and Kai Bowman. Sure. Here's one one thing I want to say, and we'll we'll I'm sure get into the the uh, will Tyus Battle go pro discussion and shitty and all that stuff uh, later. And you know I think I'm my opinion on those things is pretty well clear it's up to the player it's not about how your feelings are hurt that your favorite college player left to go pro it's about their career and their family and those types of things and I'm typically you know if you have the opportunity to go and you're going in the first round uh you've got to go as much as I would have loved to see I'd love to see Tyus Battle on next year's team I'd love to have seen Malachi Richardson and Tyler Ennis etc um play longer but the you know to me Kind of the discussion about how how this comes to be is uh, is a little bit off in terms of what uh, any of us are owed, you know, by by Tyus Battle, et cetera. Or will he will it be a function of how the team does in the postseason? I don't think it will be at all. You know, I think it's it's a it's, function of circumstance, <laughs> right? And and where you get drafted. The other thing I want to say too about all this conversation about scouting and the way we talk about players when you hear the the term like he's a, a top prospect in baseball. Scouts look at players based on major league average, right? right? So if you're a, a prospect, it means, yep, this guy someday can be major league average. That's what it means. Like uh, I heard heard the conversation on this station here last week where they were pressing um, somebody about, it was you, I think, Paul. You, with, with battle, it came up. You said, do you think he's an NBA player? Yes. Do you think he's an NBA star? Uh, not really. <laughs> well, but that, that doesn't keep you from yeah. like going to the NBA or it, taking – Taking your shot, there really are very few stars, and those guys are the complete cream of the crop, and you kind of know who they are. If he's averaging twenty and he doesn't make the tournament, he's going to at least give it a sniff, right? You of know, like, you know, and, you go and, the evaluation process, yeah, and and they'll let him know if he's worth <laughs> right. going, if it's worth going. It's or like, not. I think we all sat there a couple of years ago. If you were calling ACC games, you watched Jaleel Okafor, <laughs> and you said, "All right, this guy's a lockdown NBA yeah. star. He's going to be an All Star. He'll have a twenty-year NBA career." Do we know he's going to get hurt? Right. No. I mean, it's, he's still struggling to get on the court. How about, he's been uh, up and down. How about Zion Williamson that everybody just drooled over, and now there's this little, you know, the interesting soundbite of Coach Cal or sort of taking shots at the way Duke recruits, et cetera. Everybody in the country wanted him, right? Clemson, I'm sure, is stunned they didn't get him and, and, and hurt, and Duke's going to come in with one, two, and three. He might be a fantastic college player. You know, at the end of the day, He's six six, right? So, yeah. like, does he project as an NBA All Star? Uh, you know, I don't know. And kind of let, let's uh, let it play out a little bit. Those guys, you know, immediately you you knew it about Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, you knew it about Ben Simmons. Uh, those guys are 
very projectable, to borrow a baseball scouting <laughs> term. And if if you're a Jeremy Grant, for instance, or even now if you're a Jerome Robinson at BC, I think he's going to be a good NBA player. Not not going to be a lottery pick if he goes out next year, I don't think. Sure, There's a lot of teams that are interested in him, but do we know that he's not going to be sitting on the bench for two years? Carmelo, you knew that. Ben Simmons, you knew that. No, no doubt. There's like, what, three or four no-doubters every year? If that? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the so-called can't miss, and there's obviously a long line of people who couldn't miss and did, and there's an even longer line of people that weren't especially heralded or weren't first-round picks that uh, wound up pretty good, most notably bringing it back uh, full circle, the guy Brady there, number 12. Yeah, that's the all If you heard it, he I was only not. a sixth-round pick. You're kidding. Yeah, 180. Paul, you didn't tell me that you guys have these nuggets. <laughs> Where'd you find yeah, that? Yeah, no, we've been digging, digging, <laughs> oh, digging all morning on, on that one. And, Is that uh, why they call he, it the Brady Six? <laughs> he turned out all right. He's uh, He's been pretty good. So we'll get into that with uh, John Mediparello, Super Bowl. Thanks uh, for the call there, Jake. And maybe we'll kick that can down the road a little bit and come back to the the uh, the Tyus battle thing. But to me, all of that stuff is going to boil down to the options that he has available, and it's way too early to determine how that happens. Like, I love how we get the calls, well, if uh, Tyus battle averages only 12 points a game the rest of the way, is he still going to go pro? Uh, you know, probably that decision will make itself, right? Yeah, and the other— the other thing is the NCAA tournament has nothing to do with it. Next year they're going to be very young again, and yeah. there's no guarantee, and they're going to make the tournament again next year. Well, I think they'll that, be better. They'll be much better. There'll be a huge influx of talent, even if it, you know, it's not just one person, but there's you know one star potentially, one just off of that, and another off of that. So yeah, BC just got one of its best recruits yeah. by all accounts ever. Yeah, Jarris Hamilton, so, who turned down North Carolina, turned down Duke, turned down NC State. North Carolina kid from Concord, North Carolina, is going to BC. Was he a spider? Concord Spiders? I used to uh, live no. in Concord, North Carolina. <laughs> I know you did. The Canapolis Intimidators. Yeah, the A.L. Brown High School Wonders. I think he was a private school guy. Okay. Or is a private school guy. The, the one- Cannon School, is there? Uh, that's got to be a private school. Yes. Uh, Dale Earnhardt's High School. A.L. Brown. The Wonders. <laughs> <laughs> I don't still you just to this love day, saying I that. I don't know how that was their uh, how that came to be their nickname, but I'd like to hear the story behind it. All right, we'll move things along. We'll take a break here. Be back with uh, some of the other news of the day. A look at the uh, matchup here tonight, and more to come as we roll along in the booth on ESPN Radio Syracuse. The Crunch visit the Laval Rocket for the final time this season inside Place Bell in Quebec. Join us for Countdown to Crunch Time at 7.15, Puck Drop at 7.30, tonight on ESPN Radio. This is In the Booth with Matt Park. In the Booth brought to you by Burdick Toyota and CH Insurance. Nothing spilled during that last commercial, so we're on a new streak of one commercial break in a row without uh, creating some sort of disaster. The show is a disaster, but the the rest of the stuff will find our way through it. John Mita Perel, our Boston College counterpart, joining us uh, for the program today. Good to have uh, John in and along for the ride and somebody to bounce some stuff off of. And it, Happy you know, to be here yeah, amidst the snow flurries. Right? You guarantee me 50 degrees. We had 50 degrees like two days ago. Yeah, of course. We had that. He, I got this text, Paul. He says, hey, you know, I think you can walk to the studio from your hotel. It's not going to be too brutal. <laughs> like, oh, no kidding. Today, there'd be a frostbite. January in Syracuse, I can walk from my hotel. I don't care if it's a block away. Yesterday, Boston's bad enough. It was yesterday. I had the dog out in the backyard running yeah. around. 
That is an actual Today? dog. It's not. Today? That wasn't a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he does have a. What kind of dog? Jack Russell. You, you look like a Jack Russell guy. <laughs> I can't control anything. Well, I'm getting than a dog on Friday. <laughs> oh, are you? But here's the, here's the here's the hook, Polly. I got two cats. So I'm getting a one year old cocker spaniel Chevy. I think they call it Cavalier mix, or I'm mixing up the what cars. The heck is that a car? car. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is, but all I know is very cute dog. My kids are smitten. My wife's smitten. And I feel like I'm screwed. You already have the dog identified. You're yeah. gonna, getting it. It's in the shop now. Well, the dog was at my house on Sunday when I was in Louisville. Oh, a little tryout. Tryout, right? It was not exactly a uh, combine. This was a. <laughs> this is a whole, you, you've got the job. <laughs> you got the job. As long as you don't fail the physical. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Best don't decision fail the ever. physical. Yeah. But with two cats, Paul. Just yeah. get. You're gonna love. It. The, it won't matter. You'll forget all about dogs, the cats. Dogs do make your day better. They do. I'm a cat guy. Really? Oh, always have. What? Grew up with a cat. You'll forget all about your cats. Yeah. I, see, I don't want to forget my cats. I feel like I'm going to be disregarding my cat's livelihood. That's terrible. I can't. You're, you're like the you're the guy version of that commercial. It's the credit card commercial where the <laughs> woman's sitting on the couch with her cat and it gets the the, the fraudulent yes, charges yes. from Dog World. And the dog is <laughs> yeah. But the cat's very upset. Yeah. yeah. That's how I think I'm going to be. No, thank you. But I decidedly can't on the dog. Sorry side for of, that. Not secular. It's quite all right. That's what we major in on uh, on this particular program. You know, I was going to say about the the ACC, the way it's kind of you know structured, and certainly Duke and Virginia this year, the teams getting the headlines. It, do not misconstrue like that. These are really important games that you're going to see uh, tonight here in the Carrier Dome. W- one of these teams has a chance. I suppose both could either make the tournament or both not make the tournament, but the likelihood of both making is probably pretty small. These are the types of games you're going to go back and, and look at. If BC wins this, you pair it with the win against Duke, the close loss at Virginia, et cetera, and you're saying, hey, this Close loss to Texas Tech, which yeah. is a very good loss now because they're, yeah, they're going to be a top 10 team by the end of the week. Yep, and uh, and BC's got quite the resume. For Syracuse, You know, the whole mission is to get to at least 500 in the ACC, and it'd be hard to really imagine doing that absent a win today. Yeah, this is a swing game. I think extremely imperative for both teams. I think BC uh, feels like they blew an opportunity at Louisville. They didn't shoot the ball well, including Kai Bowman, who missed 17 shots. They always have trouble shooting on the road. And I think you can talk to any coach, and they'll tell you the carrier dome is a tough place to shoot. So I know they put up a lot of shots today. They're going to put up a lot of shots today in the shoot-around. And it's always a jump jump ball. It's no pun intended. It's coming into this place, and do you get overwhelmed by it? You're not used to playing in front of 20,000-plus. Boston College has five wins in the Dome ever. Ever. <laughs> and one of them was the stunner in right. Steve Donahue's last year when yeah, Syracuse, was, Syracuse was number one. Yeah. And if I remember talking to you before that game, I'm thinking, we got less than 0% <laughs> chance to win this game. And they won. Well, that's why they play the games, you know, and to me that's, that's it's, the beauty it's of sports. It's ephemeral, Matt. Yes. Do you teach your class that word? No. I think broadcasters should use words that people can consume and don't have to look up. So that one. See, uh, I was taught at Ithaca. Is that, raise is, above that. Is the ephemeral above or below the tibia? Um, I think it's below. Yes, okay. you can go on the DL for it. <laughs> yeah, and not the not something you want to have there. Well, Jim Christian was, you know, dead man walking going into last year. Survived the year. not my estimation, yeah. but if you, well, so, you talk know, to some around maybe the coming BC off program, it or maybe. you know um, nine wins, uh, 
you know, certainly a turnover in talent uh, in the program in terms of what he's got. He's rebuilt it. He certainly has. I mean, you look at uh, between Robinson and Bowman alone, two guys that, uh, again, to your, your point about the new recruit, get out of the Tar Heel State, literally, you know, had flirtations, et cetera, with, uh, with UNC. Carolina could really use both of them now, obviously. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, there's a great story today, and I don't have the kid's name. I wish I did. In the Daily Orange, they gave it out at our hotel for free. I was reading it. Great story. And Jerome Robinson, one of the best stories I've read on Robinson. This kid went deep. You know, good Syracuse student, yes. goes deep, did, did his research, talked to Mark Gottfried, talked to Robinson's parents, talked to people in North Carolina that knew him. He wanted to go to North Carolina. They didn't want him. NC State, he was Gottfried's kid's best friend. Godfrey didn't recruit him. Wow. One of the reasons why Godfrey doesn't have a job anymore. Yeah, sure. How do you let that kid out of your state? Now, they had Dennis Smith, and they had had other people, but what team wouldn't be better off with with Robinson, right? Roy Williams, I think, said to Kai Bowman last year, you should be playing here. Kai Bowman was recruited to play football Football, in North Carolina. So that's a major What you hear about um, Bowman, is it true that Carolina wouldn't let him play both football and basketball? And again, if you think about some of the places, that's really hard to do. It really is. But if you think of the Rusty LaRue's of the world, anybody who's actually done it, Gordy Lockbaum playing both sides. Yeah. Well, two different schools. But um, they don't really do it at no, a super, I mean, a I super high level. I think it's pretty much unheard of now. Yeah, Donovan McNabb played basketball here, but was an afterthought on the, on the oh, basketball basically team. Basically, you know, the 12th his, man. Yeah, but he had his game or two. I remember he had, uh, his senior year, or I guess it was my senior year, his uh, sophomore year, 10 points in the home game against Georgetown. He had some legitimate uh, pelts on the wall, but to, to see that happen is is uh, rare. You wonder, though, especially with the, where Boston College was, that would be the type of place where a guy, you know, in terms of if it had to be a recruiting decider, sure, you want to come here and, and play both, but it it would be hard to understand how it's somebody could really contribute too, to both teams. Either, yeah. either sport, it's, it's a full-time job. You know, I mean, everybody sure. close to college athletics knows these guys are – Immersed twenty four seven in their sport, it would be very difficult to juggle both. Sure, and uh, the point of bringing up uh, Jim Christian there is that you know clearly he has you have to figure saved his job. He's got these two good players, more recruits on the way, and uh, on track to uh, far exceed recent win totals uh, for Boston. In fact, if you're really paying attention, and of course you probably get frustrated like I do with a lot of the postseason ACC voting, <laughs> which comes from the precinct that, of the, the Tar Heel State. Because they outnumber you and I, yeah. Uh, they overlook Boston College. Classic example on the football side this year: Zach Allen, who was a dominant defensive sure. lineman. You saw him in the yeah. dome. He was he wreaked havoc on every offense. He's an honorable mention All ACC pick. Huge oversight by the ACC media. Never should have been an honorable mention. Should have been a first or second teamer. It's a no brainer. Right. But then again, what do we know? Well, you sort of you have to break the preconceived mold there of the. The tobacco road and who they're looking at first. Again, but, we, we, but my point is in bringing it up, Christian could get a lot of or should get a lot sure. of coach of the year votes. Oh, sure he should. I mean, look at in terms of a bounce back. Who knows how many conference wins BC will wind up with this year? But it's going to be a lot more than two, um, and then the previous yes. year zero. So um, you know that to me is how you evaluate uh, Im- improve the, the impact that coaches have on uh, improving their team. And, and Boston College falls in that category. Uh, quick aside on the whole. Uh, voting, I think we touched base on it on this program at the end of the football season. It's just so hard to do that when you don't see every team in person. And in football, you know, you know, not, uh, you're, you're a got your own set of cross divisional opponents from a BC perspective. 
I, I found myself just out of human nature feeling more comfortable voting for players I saw in person, which is mostly going to be division players. And Florida State and Clemson have a lot of good players. Agreed. BC had a bunch of good players. Louisville had some good players. Yeah. You know, and so that's where the and, and so it really took a lot for me to vote for a Duke guy or a North Carolina or Virginia yeah, guy and, that and you when, didn't see. And in if person. you did, you felt like a little yeah. shirking your responsibility. <laughs> right. Or right. how do you know? How do you know? You see the stats, but did I see yeah. Jeremy Cash play? Did I right. see you know from Duke? Did I right. did I see this guy up close? That's a great point. I think uh, we all have well, our biases. Else, <laughs> and then you wonder how many people that are voting do take their responsibility enough seriously to even think that you have to look outside of what you did see or or uh, really vote for the the most deserving. So uh, more on that. I maybe. voted for Steve Ishmael. Attaboy. He was close. I, I saw he, him he up might, close. He, he was unanimous, I think. He was either unanimous or very, very close in terms of uh, his all-conference uh, pick. He's so, got to be a high-round high pick, doesn't he? I don't know. You know, when I, I when I watched Ambad Atawa, I said, if this guy's not a pro, I, I don't know what one looks at looks like. I mean, he was incredibly productive, caught everything, ran away from people. He didn't get drafted, <laughs> you know, and he's he's a practice squad guy, but – and uh, and so Ishmael, yeah, that's bewildering. We'll we'll get into it when we get closer to uh, the draft. I, you got to hope, but I, I've stopped doing that. I mean, it's been so frequently the case here in recent years that wherever you thought, wherever we thought the Syracuse players were going to be picked, they were a round or two or three after that, and then that sometimes that means you're out of the draft. Uh, you know, Riley Dixon gets drafted as a punter and is still in the league. <laughs> But you know we're not in the business really here of breaking down. It helps uh, to punt in punt, Denver too. Punting on a regular basis. If you're if you're uh, looking for the numbers, it certainly hey, does. Quigley's with the Vikings. He's a BC guy. Okay. Vikings uh, no longer have games on the the schedule. No, from they my do understanding. not. They are hosting the Super Bowl at uh, spectacular US Bank Stadium. From all we hear, uh, never they, been me either. But they knocked it out of the park in terms of all of these new stadiums are one upping each other. Estimated but, uh, temp Super Bowl Sunday. Zero. Brutal. I, we have been to the Twin Cities, which... Thankfully, uh, it's a dome. Right. The stadium the game will be played in, of course, is a dome to be hosting a, uh, a Super Bowl, I guess, although, although MetLife had one a few years ago. But one thing about the Twin Cities is everything is sort of connected with these skywalks, you know, two or three floors up, and you don't really need... If you're downtown, you don't really need to leave That's the their building. sales pitch. Ah, you don't have to go outside. Yeah. At some point, except you do. You do. <laughs> At some point, you do. So, uh, looking forward to that. You know, the the thing that you can, I think, share with us from a day in day out Boston perspective, John, is uh, I know it's not old hat for the the fans. It is sort of the expectation, right? You got the best coach, the best quarterback, regularly right there for the Super Bowl. But how does that uh, benefit the Pats at this point? It, you know. Even in the face of this idea of they're going to lose their coordinators, including Matt Patricia, who's from down the road here. Yeah, I think it benefits them because once you become a New England Patriot, you get it's almost a birthright that you are instructed this is how thou shall think, this is how thou shall play, this is how thou shall perform, this is how uh, thou shall follow any set of instructions that we lay out, no matter who you are. You're James Harrison, where you're in an absolute mess in Pittsburgh, but suddenly as a Patriot, you're in lockstep with everything they do. It's an amazing Bill Belichick uh, way of fostering uh, just uh, – it's almost a brainwashing. Sure. That's the best well, way to describe to, it. To think that it is as complete and as automatic as you're talking about. And, you know, Polly's a Steelers fan and so is uh, Coach Sadlin. James Harrison – 
go, and then immediately he's ma- he's making an impact making in games. Plays. Yeah, the St- Steelers hardly had a need for him after uh, the long run that he had had there. And uh, I don't care who you, you know, are; it can be anything. I mean, Randy Moss is the best example when he came in, and you know, everybody said, "How's Randy Moss going to yeah. fit in with New England?" Uh, he fit in pretty well. So I give that organization since you know it's maddening to me growing up in New England and growing up in Boston when I was a kid. I would kill for eight wins. I know. Hugh, Hugh Millen's six win year. I was coach Mack. I was triumphant, right? With with Dick McPherson, who should have been the coach of the year. Uh, I mean, those type of years were were amazing. And when they went to the Super Bowl in '86, it was. Are you kidding me? This is a shooting star, and they get killed, and it crushes all of us. But now my kids don't know. It was a ho hum. They weren't celebrating the AFC Championship. Right. They're like Brady with the Lamar Hunt Trophy. My son Ben was like, ah, you know. I'm like Ben, why aren't you excited? Hand it over. <laughs> You kidding me? He's like, I've seen this before. Wow, they're going back to the Super Bowl. It's it's uh, February. It's the Super Bowl. Right, right. That's just you just sort of book it in on the the uh, schedule and and uh, lock it down. It's been obviously an incredible run. Uh, to me, I don't know how you can question at this point that it's the best coach and quarterback combination no in uh, NFL football history. They've they've just been astonishing. And to me, uh, as an uh, interested observer, but not rooting for or against. The Patriots. To me, I, I did, though I admit earlier in the, the week I had sort of said, if given the choice, I do sort of lean toward the Patriots for the fact that I like, in my time or whatever, watching a dynasty and just in the amazement that it continues to happen. And I know some people. How do you not, at least, you can answer. hate him. I'm sure, Paul, you hate him as a Pittsburgh fan. I get that. As a Buffalo fan, you hate him. You're jealous. Everybody's jealous. Everybody hates the Patriots now. But how do you not respect what they've done? You can't. You can't not. Well, the, they do have the obvious, well, uh, you know. In I don't know whether they're cheating or not cheating. I mean, to me, forget about it. Was the deflate gate. The deflate gate was a was a jaywalking violation by correct. Tom Brady. Yeah, correct. The you know cameras at practice and that type of stuff is that uh, was that was too that was a bit much. Yeah, you can't you, <laughs> you can't be uh, crossing that line. But I also don't think it's like helped them win any. It hasn't helped them win one game. And maybe ever, but certainly not in the last how many ever years since no. since they were uh, caught doing that. They know what they're doing, and they're doing it better than your team. All right, back with more with uh, Joe Salzone in just a bit, and we'll at the end of the show get into the Baseball Hall of Fame uh, voting. The uh, balloting is uh, being turned in today. The announcement tonight of uh, those that will be in Cooperstown with us this summer, and uh, always like talking baseball, especially on the cold. Days. We'll try to warm up with that as we continue in the booth on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Get on the block with Brent Axe. February is full of games where Syracuse is going to have to win up. They're going to have to upset people. They're going to have to beat teams that are ranked. That's when the Dukes and the North Carolinas, Virginia again, and the teams that are above Syracuse in the ACC really start showing up on the schedule. On the block with Brent Axe, 4 to 6. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. Live from the DBOffers.com, powered by Drivers Village Studio. This is ESPN Radio. 97.7 FM, Syracuse. And 100.1 FM, Oswego. Do we care? Interesting. I doubt it. No, wait, the other thing. Tedious. But we will do this segment anyway. Don't care anymore. Here's Joe Salzone. And Joe, before you go, let's welcome in uh, John here. With John, you guys met outside, but uh, John, this is our hokey little segment where we bring in Joe the Troll, and he rattles off Joe a couple, the of, troll. A couple you know, of things. Hokey segment. <laughs> where uh, I like it. Then we sort of chime in on. So we tried it when I was at WEI, which is by all accounts the greatest sports station in America. It's a little one, yeah. Uh, we tried to come up with stuff like this. Uh-huh. 
Well, it's this. And basically fail miserably. Get ready for the. Well, so have we, but we just we we roll it out there every day. But this is right out of the creation. What's so why you'd hit Polly and Joe? See, Joe, if you were in that, you know, my my prior life, if you mm-hmm. were there, you could have obviously rolled with this. We embraced the suck. That's uh, right. Yeah, you have to embrace the suck. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Right from the start, there. Joe, suck away. Uh, wow. <laughs> the NFL says the Carolina Panthers did not violate concussion protocol with their assessment of Cam Newton. In a statement released earlier today, the league said Newton was, quote, properly evaluated for a concussion in the sideline medical tent and did not sustain a concussion in the January 7th game between the Panthers and the Saints, but Newton did suffer an injured right eye in that game. Seem to remember that. He kind of got uh, lit up and then straight to the tent. I think the league's going to find a different way here to, where everybody knows now when you get your bell rung, the clock starts ticking and everybody's watching. So I think you're going to start to see some other practice, whether it's straight to the locker room or something to get covered. And that's what the Patriots just did with uh, Gronkowski, with Gronkowski, who, I'm, who yeah. I'm sure will be available for the Super Bowl. He shouldn't be, but you talk to Chris Nowinski and those at the Concussion Legacy Institute at BU, they'll tell you that is the biggest mistake they could ever make because Oh, two weeks after concussion, you're not ready to come back. I don't care who you are, but you're right; he will play. Having said that, but isn't there? There has to be a better way than the you know making them bubble boys. The tent. The tent. Yeah, yeah. It's the tent that you know. I used to have a camp Kenwood in New Hampshire. You, <laughs> you go in that thing, and suddenly, it, 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 what are they asking you? What your name is? Yeah. How many fingers am I holding up? Right. It's the old. You know. Oh, there's what 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 day is today? It has to be a better way than this. I, for one, totally trust the NFL on this uh, topic. They've been nothing but upfront and truthful with us on head injuries the whole time. So uh-huh. I, I totally trust them on this Cam Newton story. Very good. Paul, you've always been a company guy. <laughs> <laughs> the Field of Dreams in Iowa, made famous in the 1989 movie, has been vandalized. Authorities say someone drove on the field, causing thousands of dollars in damage, the damage apparently was especially severe because of warm weather and rain making the ground soft, causing deep gashes by the vehicle. It's the ghost of Dale Earnhardt. <laughs> maybe maybe they, they're branching out. Either that or the ghost of Kevin Costner. Well, that's he's not even he's dead not yet. He's not dead yet, but it seems like he is. <laughs> it kind of just sums up my life altogether, my field of dreams. Someone just drove over it about Did a 20 donut. years ago. <laughs> Have you ever and been now I'm to here. the Field of Dreams? No, Dyersville, Iowa. Isn't there a Field of Dreams in Cooperstown? That is uh, the Dreams it, Park, which is an unbelievable money-making machine it of is, Little yeah. League fields. Yeah, they, 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 it's it's based on... It's incredible. I know, I've, I've driven by it. Uh, but, but do I care? No. <laughs> I actually don't. <laughs> they're they're going to get over it. <laughs> It'll be fixed and life will go on. Fields can be fixed. That is my favorite movie, though. And a man in China looking to buy a new... I know you don't care about that either. <laughs> I don't. Just sad. A man in China looking to buy a new battery top 10. for his iPhone wants to make sure that what he's buying is the real deal, so he bid it, and the battery yeah, well, blew I was, up I was wondering face. why we were going present tense on that all the way through. I mean, I would imagine, as we speak, there's probably a lot of Chinese making for batteries <laughs> for their phones. It's a well, big this, country. This uh, man was not injured, but the whole thing was caught on store surveillance video. I mean, we have do we care? There's really no measure for how little I could possibly care about that. If you haven't seen the video, you don't care. Yeah. But you should get the video up on our Facebook page. You probably so should have shown he the video. Bites he bit the, the battery and it exploded in his face and it's that pretty awesome. And then he just kind of walks away really casually <laughs> like, oops, 
I guess I'll leave now. Is there a big? I mean, was I suppose China's was different. He, he was not injured. Is there a big market for fake batteries? Like, is that a <laughs> thing that's happening <laughs> in a lot of places? Has he been duped before with well, a fake battery? Biting a battery doesn't make seem like a smart idea. Did he remark? Did it taste like chicken? <laughs> <laughs> Or would you say, oh, this is what a live, juicy, healthy battery is supposed to taste like? <laughs> it's not strawberries. Do We Care is brought to you by Cam's Pizzeria. Cam's love at first slice. All right, back to wrap it up next. Hall of Fame voting. What player would you stump for? Polly is on the Tim Raines for the Hall of Fame ballot. Led a successful campaign to get Rock Reigns in. Who might we uh, be looking to see if we can grease them in? <laughs> Plus those that are surefire bets to get good phone calls tonight. That's when we continue in the booth on ESPN Radio Circuit. The Orange women home again tomorrow versus Clemson. Tip at 7, Orange pregame 645. This is In the Booth with Matt Park. Back on the in the booth here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Back tomorrow, Mike Waters of Syracuse.com will join us to recap tonight's pivotal matchup, the Orange and Boston College. Before the game tips off tonight, we'll have an understanding of who will be enshrined in Cooperstown here in upstate New York this summer. I think I'm going to be going to the induction for the first time ever there, boys. Looking forward to that. Bob I've been Costas. to a few. Have you? Ne- Carlton Fisk. been to Cooperstown many, many times. but uh, I went to Gwyn. Okay. Gwyn... Uh... Ripken. Chipper Jones will be there looking at uh, not Mr. Tibbs on Twitter. Ryan Thibodeau does a great job uh, tracking the ballots that have been officially released by uh, voters and media members. So about 60% of the uh, precincts reporting Chipper Jones can make his plans for Cooperstown. Vladimir Guerrero at 95% will be in. Jim Tomey, 93%. Then, Paula, your boy, Trevor Hoffman, looks to be just sneaking his way over the bar. 70 Nine percent. Hell's bells was his. I don't know how I feel about closers getting into the Hall of Fame, but if why not him? Well, if if Trevor Hoffman's a Hall of Famer, Billy Wagner's a Hall of Famer. That's your guy, Uh, Billy Wagner. Look at all the peripheral numbers, peripherals. Only thing that Trevor Hoffman's got him in is saves. That's it. Billy Wagner's saves are kind of big for a closer, as I understand. They are, but Billy Wagner's no slouch in saves either. No. But I always let, say, let me just sneak in that Edgar Martinez is over the line right now at 77%. First is Fernando Rodney be, a Hall of Famer? <laughs> hell no. Uh, I mean, except for his big? Hoffman won a lot, uh, saved a lot of games with some horrible teams, though. You, when you save yes. like 90% he did, of but He was one of those guys that, see, he I also, hope I'm not stepping on your toes no. here, but I would say Trevor Hoffman is a Hall of Very Good guy. I have a Hall of Fame and I have a Hall of Very Good. He's in the Hall of Very Good. I think I'm with you on that. I agree. But he's a Padres. Mariano Rivera is Hall of Fame. Right. Craig Kimbrell, Hall of Fame. Sort of first out right now is Mike Mussina, 71%. Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, you know, different categories, 65%. Kurt Schilling, 60 And then a big drop-off to Larry Walker, Omar Vizquel, uh, Manny Ramirez, etc. I was going to ask you, and I know probably Tim Raines, he wanted him in, got him in. Who's your guy, John, if you had to stump for, was for one guy? was the like <laughs> He was the one. He was the, the champion. That? Yeah, um, my guy, and he's not even on the ballot anymore. He's going to have to be like an Alan Trammell or Jack Mars vote. Dale Murphy. Yeah. Dale Murphy. That's a good one. And I love Jim Rice more than anyone. I, I was Jim Rice for Halloween every year of my young life, which I, doesn't really fit. But <laughs> right. Dale Murphy and Jim Rice, I'd say Dale Murphy's a better player than Jim Rice. I have a hall of great careers and a hall of 
three great years, Dale Murphy would be in that one. But <laughs> oh no, oh, Dale, Dale Murphy, no, Dale Murphy yeah. was like had an eight-year dominant stretch. Yes. Uh, Murph was. I, but, I liked him, uh, but again, not a guy that you think of as right away jumps to mind, Hall of Famer. Uh, Larry Walker's. I'll throw out one on that I watch. Somebody, if, he's not going to get in. But if I were to stump for somebody that's on this list, this next pack, and yes, it's a little bit of a, a hometown familiarity or bias. Fred McGriff has 495 career home runs and didn't juice. He was a beanpole. Yeah. We think. For, yeah. Former uh, Syracuse chief. Yeah, as far as you can know about anybody, I'm going to guess that he, no, I'm with you on that. he didn't juice. And if 500 is basically automatic, you're in the Hall of Fame, 495 and not juicing and 100 RBIs every year, Fred McGriff deserves more consideration. He does. I agree. And how great was Vlad Guerrero? Lost awesome. Vlad Guerrero. And now his son, Vlad Jr., is Vlad a top Jr. prospect in the, the Jays, right? Blue Jays organization. Yep. All right. Well, good stuff. Good to have you in here today, John. Hey, can I come back anytime? Anytime, man. You can do tomorrow's <laughs> show. <laughs> you want to stay? And, you never uh, know. Just Got make family sure in the area. Make sure there's a lid on your beverage when you Paul, come into the Paul, wish me luck with the dog, right? Just good luck. luck. Yeah. What's the name? Leo. 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 Yeah, I wasn't responsible dog, for that. That was, his old, that was the old family that named him. I okay. named mine Indiana. Like Indiana, Indiana Jones, because Indiana Jones was named after the dog. So. I get it. That's good. It's also a terrible memory for the 87 Syracuse basketball team. Oh, I though. did not even yeah, that. Come on, Pressure Paul. there. Why don't you just What's name it? Keith Smart? Isn't the show supposed to be over by now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we name it Overrun? All right, back tomorrow. We'll talk about tonight's game tomorrow with you in the booth on ESPN Radio Syracuse.